0: There are currently 13,993 people on the Overwatch subreddit right now. That's insane to me. I mean, I I understand there's a lot of people on Reddit. That's just, I don't know, that's huge. 14,000 people who, instead of playing the game, are just like on the subreddit whining about the new changes to the game. Everyone's all mad. Yeah? Why are they mad? (laughs) Because, well, this week, uh, everyone's mad because they nerfed Anna, not my girlfriend. They nerfed Anna. They'd they nerfed your girlfriend. I would like to go nerf sucks Anna because I do nerfed. have a nerf gun over there. But no, like they just changed her a lot. Uh, that actually, though, I think it's really good that they do that. There's this really good extra credits video on YouTube about how games that are perfectly balanced... Are actually not good because if you have a game that's like perfectly balanced, then the player can always find the optimal strategy. And if there is an optimal strategy that never changes, the game gets boring. So if you have a game like Overwatch where you have a player base that you want to keep interested over time, you want to keep it growing, then it actually makes sense to keep the meta changing so that, you know, one week. One hero is kind of like favored, not necessarily like overpowered, but just the meta is sort of like maybe, uh, you know, it's advantageous to play that hero. So it doesn't just end up being like the same exact game over and over? Yeah. So when, you know, I mean, they, they make changes to the players for balancing the game, but they're always making certain tweaks so that, like, right now, Bastion, which is like the turret robot hero for anyone who doesn't play this game, and is good game really itself. good. Uh, And a good game in itself with a very good soundtrack. Shout out to Bastion. Actually, that soundtrack is one of the best study music soundtracks ever. But yeah, so right now Bastion is really good. He just got some huge buffs. He can like move faster. He can transform into a turret faster. He's like, he's just great. And that's like, that's good game design because right now it's going to take everyone a while to figure out how to deal with these changes. But eventually people are going to adapt. New strategies come out and then the process repeats. So the game is always fresh. So it's actually not a good idea to perfectly balance your game so it never changes. Hmm. And I think that's that's kind of what happened with like Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Some people were telling me, because I don't play it too much anymore, but there's like, you, there's like kind of a straight up, never changing hierarchy of heroes that are top tier. And people pretty much play like these group of heroes and oh yeah the ones that are bad like they don't get played at least yeah, in suppo- tournament tournament levels I
1: suppose that that doesn't make sense I do see that in fighting games like mm-hmm. even in Smash it's just like in uh yeah in the old ones I don't even remember which one but it was like everybody was gonna just play Fox because Fox was gonna win well everyone was playing um
0: like Project M at Evo and stuff I think oh yeah because that was like the fan the fan Project made M. version that this is like continuing version of uh Melee I think and it was like breathing new life into melee, which people love. I don't know why people don't like Brawl versus Melee, because I'm not into Smash that much, but it's kind of that same that same concept there. So I just I think it's cool that they're constantly tweaking the game to give people new challenges and letting the meta shift and evolve lots and lots and lots. But yeah, not uh not particularly on topic, but I had to find something to not to talk about that wasn't Zelda. On video games <laughs> by Tom's Frank. Uh, that's what this podcast is, though. Yeah, it's like half a disguised video games podcast. At least hey, when we're when we we we're used, thinking we about used video to games. We actually
1: play games on the podcast. That's true. That's a thing that that, <laughs> that a happened, lot of people probably don't know. That happened a couple times a long time ago. That's how you became a
0: co-host. Yep. That was like the genesis for you. Who was like the original five questions? Yeah, and good magic card. Oh, yep. <laughs> just referencing uh, a bunch of good stuff. Hell yeah. But yeah, that was like I don't remember what episode it was, but way back in like the twenties, we had the first five questions episode and it was just <laughs> the us playing. 20s. Are you a flapper? I was a flapper back then. Ooh. That's great. <clears throat> but yeah, that was that was fun. Those good times. But we did find it a little bit difficult to answer complex questions and also play difficult video games. Yeah. I think the worst one that we played was worms. Yeah, (laughs) because we're trying to be all strategic and also answer tough questions. Yeah, it's pretty difficult. Bad balance. But if anyone is interested in that kind of thing, we're probably not going to do it on the podcast much, if at all, anymore. But occasionally I do live stream a video game on YouTube and take questions, and that's fun to do every once in a while. Cool. Uh, It definitely makes me worse the video game, but I usually choose a game like Enter the Gungeon where, you know, I, I won't choose a game like Overwatch where I will just get totally destroyed by everyone else playing. Yeah, you just, I'll just get play really mad. Yeah, I'll just play Gungeon where at least like the first couple of, of levels are not that hard so I can get through them. It's kind of entertaining to watch and I also have a little bit of mental um, reserve to think about the questions. Yeah. We've got three questions today and because we are not playing video games, we can think about these fully. And uh, the first question reminds me of myself, but it also reminds me a bit of you. Yep. So I'm gonna go ahead and read it. So the question is, uh, so for about a year now, I got this idea that I need to be working as much as I possibly can. So I figured I should push myself as hard as I can and keep myself just on the verge of a breakdown complete burnout. Hardcore. This is, this is going, starting out well. <laughs> so far this semester, I've done the best that I've ever done productivity-wise, although I have not made things quite as structured as I would like. And as a result, I think I can feel a bit of burnout coming along in the next few weeks. Right now, I'm trying to go to school full-time majoring in physics, working 16 to 20 hours per week on the weekends as a server, getting fluent in Spanish and starting to learn Russian and German, doing flying lessons. I guess, so that's pretty cool. Like flying a Cessna, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah,
1: that's cool. That's pretty cool.
0: Looking for scholarships and study abroad programs, starting a rather eclectic blog concerning mostly higher level math and physics, um, main, kind of like College and the week for STEM students. So the question is, am I trying to do too much? I like this question because... He mentioned, um, or I guess she, I don't even know. could be she. I don't have no idea. They mentioned. It's weird how like they has become a singular pronoun. I like it. There's a bunch of people on the internet who's like, no, we have to keep they to be a a, a plural pronoun. But what if you don't know?
1: Language is evolving. What if they they don't, what if it's like an anonymous source? Yeah. And you got to be like, well, they said, if you just say, well, she said, now, you know, it's a girl. Thanks. You just statistically hurt the anonymity of that source. It's true. Yeah. I don't know. It works. I like using they. I mean, there are certainly,
0: there are certainly some, I mean, you have some ambiguity between singular and plural, so that is a downside. You have ambiguity in a lot of languages. Context usually solves it. That's very true. Yeah. Well, I think the context here is not that multiple people sent us this exact weird, crazy schedule, but I did like how they said, get fluent in Spanish and start learning Russian and German because that is very reminiscent of a certain someone I might know. I may have studied like five languages (laughs) in college. I may have wasn't it that. your senior year where you were like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna study up so I can get my what was it, like my B1 in Spanish, but
1: also was, start uh, uh, German, uh, German and Chinese. Well, and French in senior year, I wasn't doing as much because I messed up my ankle and couldn't walk, mm. and I was just like, I'm done with this. I'm gonna graduate. But junior year, I took Chinese and German while maintaining and improving Spanish and French and studying a little bit of Japanese on the side insanity. And it was, it was a mess. It was a very highly scheduled mess. Okay. So tell me about your experience with doing
0: three languages versus like now, because now you're just maintaining Spanish, right?
1: Yeah. Off and on, I do something in in French slightly, but I'm not exactly trying to maintain it all that much just so that I don't forget everything. Right now, I'm just messing with Spanish because, well, I'm not in college anymore. I have things I want to focus on, and i just don't need the other languages in my daily life right now Mm -hmm. i envisioned myself traveling a lot more and maybe teaching english somewhere which is why i was studying those things yeah and i might do that later but i can pick up the languages later right now i'm busy doing other things but it is very difficult to learn several languages at the same time especially if you're say beginning in two different languages at the same time it I would say that it's better to stagger them a little bit so that you get to a certain level where you're comfortable and then you start beginning in a new language, yeah. etc. so that you're not confusing like the color words or something. But it's I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it's very difficult. And this also applies to this entire list in general, but one of my favorite books Essentialism has this wonderful illustration that kind of gets this point across and you've mm. got Well, on one side, you've got a circle and you've got a bunch of arrows pointing out of it in all directions. It looks kind of like a sun and that's a person and each of the arrows and directions is, that's a thing that they're putting energy toward. And then next to it, you've got a circle with one arrow but that one arrow goes way farther than every arrow on the other circle. Yeah. So essentially you have a limited amount of time and effort and productivity. And if you direct it at 90 things, you will do mediocre at 90 things Mm -hmm. Or you could do just absurdly well in one thing. So I'm not going to say you can't do all these things. And even those three languages by themselves is already, like, quite a bit. That's a big challenge in itself. Yeah. Like, not regarding the rest of this.
0: Especially since Russian and German are quite different than Spanish.
1: Yeah. it's, It's a huge, huge thing. But... The more you take on like this, the less you can give to each one. And I decided that since I'm not using the other languages, I want to focus on Spanish because I would rather be really, really, really good at Spanish right now than kind of all right at a whole bunch of languages.
0: Yeah. Another analogy that I've seen, which I can't remember where I saw but I thought it was really good. And it was similar to the essentialism one was the guy said, picture a gigantic hamster ball and there are three hamsters in it. And they're each trying to run in a different direction. Oh, like the ball oh,
1: goes fun. nowhere. So picture one with 90 <laughs> hamsters inside it. And they're all just going crazy. And they're eating each other. And they're running in every direction. Well, this is now just pandemonium. It's pandemonium. This is awful. Well, at the end, one
0: hamster will reign supreme. and will have eaten all the other hamsters and gained their power.
1: Become Super Saiyan hamster. Well, in this metaphor, that's just you dropping stuff to focus on one thing. Yeah. And that so hamster eat, will survive. Eat
0: all of your weak hamsters. Eat the weak
1: hamsters. Become
0: Super Saiyan Hamtaro, is what I'm saying right now. Yeah, eat the weak hamsters. <laughs> That's the but, new eat that frog. But yeah, but if if all your hamsters are trying to run opposite, opposite directions, the ball goes nowhere. Whereas if you have all of your hamsters banding together and going in one
1: direction, then the ball will go somewhere and faster than normal. Yeah, and, and big progress feels better mm-hmm. than like... When I was doing that, I was constantly feeling like I wasn't doing well enough in any one of the things, which hurts my confidence, hurts my pride and motivation, but feeling really good at one thing, you you notice when you're getting better, you notice the success that you're feeling.
0: Yeah. Now I do want to contrast this with the general, like the general goodness of exploring and doing a lot of things, especially when you're early in your college career. Yeah. I think that's good. So what I want to do is I want to I want to break down this specific schedule that this person sent us because on paper or in boltless form, it looks like a lot. But when I think back to my time in college, I was in college full time. I majored in MIS, maybe a little bit easier than physics, but still a full time major. I was working 20 hours a week, not 16 ever. It was always 20, but I was working at the IT center, so I did have at least my first year and a half, I had some downtime at work that I could work on homework. But then I actually moved over to the web development center and I worked 20 hours a week and I had no downtime there. It was all coding for the job. And then I was doing clubs, I was also looking for, for scholarships, I was like the web developing officer for the business council, I was in guitar club, and I was also running this blog. so. For the most part, I think what this person is trying to do is ambitious and it is stressful, but it's doable. Yeah. The real um, the real thing that like stands out as a red flag to me is that they're trying to learn three languages at once. I think that's like the one thing that it's questionable I, here. I would say that's the hardest to balance. Yeah, that's really tough to balance. If you take that out, I think this is doable. Yeah, I think it's totally, you know, looking for scholarships and study abroad programs, that doesn't take too long. Uh, I have no idea how long flying lessons take, but I would imagine that, that if you're paying like for flying lessons, class. it's probably like, yeah, it's like a class, or you, you treat it like a class, you probably go to the airfield, you're up in the plane for what, half an hour or an hour, you land, so you could yeah. just treat that like another club you're going to, basically. And then, with a blog, one of the reasons that I ever started a blog is because I knew that I could I could invest as much or as little energy and time into it as I wanted to. Yeah. Now, later on, when it became successful and I was like, okay, I want to make this a job, then I had to act like a professional and I had to get on a publishing schedule. But at first, you can go look at the history of College Info Geek. There are some months where I posted like six times. There are some months where I posted two times. And that's reflective of how busy I was in college. Yeah. So that's fine. But I really think like this whole trying to learn three languages thing reminds me of when you and I used to do those pick four notebooks and we would commit to doing six weeks of progressing every single day on four different goals. But like the first time we did it, it was four goals on top of class and work and everything else. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to commit to four things, 10 minutes every night. And if I can't remember exactly what my four goals were, I probably have the notebook sitting around there somewhere. But I think I had like working on an iPhone app and learning Japanese and two other ones that were equally challenging. And when you're trying to do four things a day, in addition to all of your other things, you never make any progress. Yeah. Like I'm sitting here and not fluent in Japanese. Now, that's not the only reason I'm not, but I definitely could have been spending more time focusing on Japanese if I hadn't been trying to do three other things at the same time.
1: Yeah. And I I don't want this to be even with the languages in there. I still think it's possible. And to be honest, my schedule was also very similar to this. Because yeah, we both have this problem where we try to take on nine thousand things at once. But Even we can right see now, that I've got like four projects on the side that I'm trying to work on, and in addition yeah. to a whole bunch of other stuff. But we can see this person has clearly said in
0: their question, like, yeah, I feel burnout. I, I would, I say, keep myself on the verge of burnout I would say and complete that part breakdown. Doesn't sound good?
1: <laughs> like, don't do that to I yourself. Would, I would say that you shouldn't be on the verge of complete breakdown. At all, at all times. Yeah, when I no. did all these things, when I was learning like five languages and I had polyglot, I was running a blog and I was doing stuff and full-time I was working and having class, but Saturdays were never touched by anything. Mm-hmm. There there has to be a break. You can't always be working. You're going to go insane. But I would say that as far as languages go, at least one or, or two, I don't know how good your Spanish is, uh, questioner, but it says get fluent in Spanish and start learning. So maybe you're already pretty decent at Spanish, in which case starting another one is that's pretty, that's reasonable. That seems fine. Mm -hmm. But starting two other ones, especially that are so different, I don't know. There's another way to accomplish these things if you do them sequentially. You get really good at one thing, then you wait, then you get really good at another thing, and then you get really good at another thing so that you feel all the progress faster, but you still did the things, Mm -hmm. and maybe even in a shorter amount of time.
0: I'm curious. Uh, how close are German and Russian?
1: I, I know I know am, Russian uses a totally different alphabet, I, but I don't know 100. percent But I would not imagine very close. Okay, I, I don't think they're very close because I, I would imagine Russian they are and German are probably more similar like than Spanish, like if, yeah but, Spanish and French. But like I don't think they're all that similar. At least to my knowledge, I haven't studied Russian in the slightest. I know nothing about Russian. Okay,
0: yeah, but I know. All I know is they use a different alphabet, so I yeah, can't that's even... all I got. I can't read it, can't it, even sound it out. I don't think it's all that similar, but who knows? Maybe okay. it is. Yeah, because, I mean, you... So it's almost a similar situation to where you were doing Chinese, which is very, very, very different than German, which is still quite a bit different than Spanish. Yeah. Like... yeah spanish and
1: french were similar but the chinese japanese german did not have a lot of helpful connections for me other than like the obviously the chinese characters but you pronounce them way differently and that's basically it
0: yeah and if you're doing two languages um also ask yourself like why are you doing those because i remember you telling me like you were trying to learn so many languages because you had this idea of like a personification that you wanted to embody like i wanted to be a polyglot
1: yeah, I wanted to you know, be a traveling, traveling, polyglot blogger kind of guy, and that's just my my idea of what I wanted to do changed.
0: Yeah, and there's nothing like wrong with that, but no, it's it's awesome over committing you yourself it. to too much work and daily practice for for embodying a role is not always like you have to be careful about that. Good example: one of our friends was majoring in computer science and not doing well in computer science. And we kept trying to get him to change his major. And eventually one time I asked him "I'm like, all right, dude, let me ask you honestly, are you majoring in computer science because you really truly care about, you know, sitting around in an IDE and debugging code and learning how to write object oriented methods and all that kind of stuff. And you really care about making software or do you have a cool role in your mind that you think would be cool to be? Do you want to be tank from the matrix with like a zillion monitors and be coding like super fast, you know, and be like that kind of cool hacker. And uh, he's like, yeah, I think it's kind of the second one. So I want to be a superhero. I want to be, you know, I watched the movie um, Limitless. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah. With the magic pill that I makes you really smart that movie. And awesome. Yeah, and there's that scene where he's like just total like polymath and he's at this party being able to talk to anyone and about any subject. He's super knowledgeable about every single thing and can do all these skills. And I'm like, man, I wish I could be that guy. But how much do I actually care about doing some of those things versus how much do I care about how cool it would look if I could do some of those things? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not saying that like that is
1: your motive for learning nope, Russian they and German. personal connections to both Absolutely. Russian, German and Spanish. Maybe you got family
0: know. in all those countries and if, if so, that's awesome. But just make sure that your reasons for doing something connect to actually wanting to do that
1: thing at some point. Yeah, it's gotta be more about the daily aspect mm-hmm. of honing and having this skill more so than the title. Yeah. And like it's not about an end point, it's about your everyday whether that's, or not you're uh, happy with something.
0: That's why I like how Benny Lewis puts it in his book, where he's like, I am learning languages
1: to be able to experience culture. I want to be yeah. able to communicate with people he's doing in a it country. Because he's like meeting new people and doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And he forgets some afterward. He's like, that language, cool. i'm gonna let that fade and Mm -hmm. that's fine just like i've done with uh with a few of them i know very little chinese japanese or german at this point yeah
0: (laughs) i've forgotten most of japanese
1: faded and that's totally it's totally fine yeah i mean with the spacing
0: effect i know that if i studied it would come back quicker Uh, it did with guitar like i i went years without playing guitar mainly because somebody stole my effects pedal my amp back in college. They didn't steal my guitar, weirdly enough, but they didn't steal the amp and the effects pedal. They they thought you wouldn't (laughs) notice. (laughs) I guess. Well, I, I had put all my stuff in a storeroom because I got hired as a RA, and I was like, all right, well, I'm going home for the summer, but can I just like store some stuff in the storeroom of the dorm that I'm going to be the RA of? And they were like, yeah, that's fine. The maintenance guys were like, it'll be totally safe in this locked storeroom. And I get back wow. at the beginning of the next semester. Uh, my effects pedal's gone. My tool has gone. And my amp is gone. And awesome. I could tell that somebody had stolen them because the storeroom had been. Well, I don't know. I don't know. If broken into is the word. I think it had just been left open. But there was like spray painted on the wall. Like we were here. So I don't remember what it said. I remember wow. the names were like, he was like, he was like, Bob was here. La, 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 and it smelled stuff. like weed. So people just went up into the storeroom, hotbox for a while, that is the and then stole my place. stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that sucks. That's a sad story. It is a sad story. I got that,
0: that effects pillow from a pawn shop for $75, man. But yeah, long story short, because I lost my gear that made my guitar sound awesome, and you know what? The other thing is they stole my guitar stand. That's the big one. Not the guitar. I may. you know what? I probably had taken the guitar home, actually. But I think the big thing is they stole the stand. So up until that point, I had always had my guitar sitting out in my room on the stand. So when I came into my room, I could just grab it and play it. And I would often play probably once a day at least because it's just there and it's so easy to just grab it. Bam. Now it's up in that, it's zipped up in a fabric case in my closet behind a bunch of clothes. So to play it, it only takes like you know thirty seconds to get it out, but it's still kind of an effort to get it out. And I think you like, won't do
1: it mindlessly. There's
0: always that friction, right? Yeah. There's something called the twenty second rule, and in fact, there's there's a Chrome extension I forget what it's called, but it's like instead of blocking sites, it just creates a twenty second wait time to load a site. Oh yeah, I had one like that. I forget what it's called. It's awesome. like something book. Crackbook. Crackbook. Yeah, it's Crackbook. Um, it just makes you wait 20 seconds to load Facebook because there's this theory that if you have to wait for something long enough, you won't do it. Yeah. And that can be used either for good or for bad. If it's for a good habit, you want to eliminate the 20 seconds, i.e. putting the guitar on a stand so you can grab it immediately. And if it's a bad habit, you want to introduce that 20 seconds, if not block it
1: altogether. Yeah, because within that 20 seconds, you're going to be like, uh, you're right. What am I doing with myself? And then you close before it even loads. Yeah, Absolutely. But so, you know
0: what? I should probably just buy a new guitar stand. Probably. Because it will get there. And then my friend showed me like this. I don't have to buy a new amp because I don't really want a new amp because they're loud. But what I do want is some sort of like interface where I can plug headphones in and still get all the effects and stuff. Yeah. And uh, my friend Matt has one. So, yeah. I feel like that that
1: conversation had like six tangents. So I forget the original points. This episode's going to (laughs) be... Pretty long, comparatively. I think but, it will be. Uh, I guess the point was that you could build your skill back faster now, mm-hmm. which is totally That's cruel. what it was. If yeah. I tried to pick back French up and make it, I am confident that in a couple of months I could get right back up to where I was with Yes, just a little bit of effort if I need it. If my life says, Martin, you should speak French now, I'll say, now is the time. The mm-hmm. chosen one will arise, <laughs> and I will learn French again. But you can totally learn all those languages if you want, but... I would at least consider, if, if you have to chop something, consider doing it sequentially. If you're already really good at Spanish and you wanna learn one of the others, that's fine. I think two is much more doable than three, Yeah. just because making fast progress in one of the newer ones is gonna feel better and motivate you more. Mm-hmm. But if you hate the idea of cutting anything, there's a book called The Motivation Hacker by Nick Winter where he oh, like yeah. tackled a billion things all at once. And I think it went well for him for the most part, but not every single challenge went well, but for the most part it did. It, it like, and I think that's I interesting that because he was committing huge, to like a huge
0: challenge. And I think there was like a, a lot of like psychological
1: energy there yeah, in it, the commitment. It was a, it was a lot about how he kind of managed tackling so many things at once. Yeah. So if you want to do all this stuff, I don't think this is too much. Other than the fact that on the verge of a complete burnout seems like maybe it is, depending on, I I didn't measure in physics, so I don't know. Yeah. But. Speaking of uh, Nick Winter,
0: have you checked out Cold Combat lately? No, No, how's that? So I was like, I was taking some notes for a future video. At some point I'm going to do a how to code video and I wanted to look at Code Combat. They have made some really cool progress on that. Cool. Like it's got really nice sound effects and this cool cool overworld map. Um, I think you actually have to pay now for a lot of the features, but I mean, you got to pay for good games and a game that teaches you is pretty sweet as well. And they're definitely taking a, they're focusing more on schools. So like the, if you go to the homepage, it's like log in if you're a student or log in if you're a teacher and you kind of have to not hunt, but it's a little less obvious where to log in as just an individual. Because I think like they have realized that selling bulk licenses to schools is probably the best way to go about making something like that profitable yeah um but other than the voice acting which i think needs some work
1: (laughs) it's a little (laughs) as it's a little rough acting does (laughs) like 90 percent of voice acting is just horrible in everything yes they could
0: definitely stand to hire a good couple of voice actors Yee. um Other than that, like, I'm really impressed with the progress they've made. And if somebody wants to learn JavaScript, it's a pretty cool way to do it. But yeah, anyway, thank you for reminding me of what the root of that tangent was. I was going to say I picked up guitar a few weeks ago, and not only am I back to my original level of skill, I surpassed it really quickly. Yeah. Like, I got back to being able to play all my old songs that I made up faster than ever, and then I went and looked up, like, I had never looked up the root notes for scales. And once I learned that, I figured out how to play a bunch of new things. I taught myself the Legend of Zelda theme without having to look up a tab because it's basically just like I think it's a minor pentatonic scale. It's just like right on there. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So if you have to take a break, worry not, because your brain retains those skills and they may not be. As good as they were when you start again, but they will. You can build them back. You'll you'll catch up and you'll get back to speed fast. Yeah, so uh, we have been recording for a while, but luckily the second question is very quick, I think. So the question is, it's often said that we need to wake up at the same time to be productive. But how do I manage this when I also want to be able to party sometimes? I usually wake up around 730, but if I stay up till midnight or one in the morning, there's no way I can do that. So what do you do? Do you still party with your friends or do you just bail on those night activities to be more productive? So yeah, this is this is the classic question of balance. Do I sacrifice everything and anything all in the name of productivity and progress? Nay, I say. I'm gonna go ahead and play a bane of progress on this. Yeah, bane of progress. <laughs> um, Look, life is all about making choices and balancing those choices between, like, fun and work and, like, now and later, friends and family and work stuff. Like, there's always going to be give and take. It's, like, literally always. Everything is a spectrum and a seesaw and a teeter-totter and whatever. If you want to hang out with friends and stuff till late in the morning, you may just have to sacrifice some of the sleep benefits. Yeah. That's just, like, all there is to it. Like, the optimal way to sleep is to have pretty much the same sleep schedule and to stick to it even on the weekends that's like biologically that's what your body wants you to do and you know without the advent of electric lights you would basically just go to sleep soon after it got dark and then you would you would fall into a natural sleep pattern that humans had been using for thousands and thousands of years the only reason that we don't do that is now we have
1: Lights, and video games, and books, and friends who stay up late, and all that no, kind of no, stuff. No, Grok stayed up till four in the morning every night, and he just wouldn't stop. Did he? I don't know. Was I, don't, he playing I, like, I can't even think of what he would have been doing.
0: He was playing, like, some version of the, the Nintendo Switch that was made of rocks and sticks.
1: No, they drew, like, tic-tac-toe in the sand, <laughs> and they were playing tic-tac-toe till four in the morning. Oh, okay. It got real. Just, like, keep the fire lit all the time? Get some fermented fruit juice? That's yeah, a, that's a good cave Woo. lifestyle. Yeah, I'm gonna go do that now. Actually, yeah. Why am I doing this? I'm gonna go live in a cave. That's like free. Yeah, tic tac toe and fermented fruit. Tic tac toe is free What's too.
0: Tic tac toe is another example of a perfectly balanced game that
1: is boring because it can't yeah, there's a pretty There's a pretty obvious strategy that like you just win or tie. No, you don't. Time.
0: Like, well, that's if the thing the about tic tac toe. No, it doesn't matter. Like, if if both
1: people know what they're doing, no one will ever win tic tac toe. Ever. Oh well yeah that's what i mean if you if you play first you can either win or tie you're more likely to tie but if the second person makes a mistake you can win that's like it it doesn't mix it up much there must be a
0: mistake yeah there has that's, to be a mistake two people playing the optimal strategy there will always be a tie there's no way to win at all yeah uh, and i was i was playing tick Tac toe with anna's cousin when we were in um charleston and he was like all right best two out of three and i'm like okay but no one will win Cause he knows what he's doing, and I'm no dummy. So. Yeah, it's not.
1: There aren't that many options. So
0: instead, we play box war because somebody always wins at box war.
1: I don't even know what that is. That's that game where you create a grid of dots, and then you take turns drawing oh, a line, and then whoever completes a See, box a like lot it's theirs. Less obvious how to win that. A lot. The strategy's got to be a little different. I still think there I'm is... Sure there, I'm sure there is one, but... There like is an optimal strategy in that. immediate. But yeah, it's a little brain. more complex. And I, you could, I guess, play um, 5 by 5 Tic-Tac-Toe. If you make it more likely that the humans will make mistakes, then it doesn't really matter that there's a perfect strategy if the humans can't figure it out. I think that's true. Yeah, I guess with any any kind of game where it's I not... Mean, they keep programming computers to beat people at all these complicated things. There probably is a perfect strategy. It's just keep humans true. from knowing it, and then if the you, game is fun. I suppose if you take
0: most games to like the craziest degree uh there is an optimal strategy it's just that like because of chaos and randomness and human inability to play perfectly that's that's yeah. where all the interestingness comes from yeah a lot of times and and tic-tac-toe is just unfortunately too simple so it's like it takes very little skill and experience <laughs> to be able to play perfectly
1: i just remembered. This question is about sleep, not the (laughs) tic-tac-toe fundamentals or, or, or like game artificial intelligence development. Um, I think we are just, you know, but I think it comes down to (laughs) what
0: are you willing to sacrifice to have fun in the now? And, you know, it's, it's a very similar question to do I ditch my friends if they don't really care about being uber ambitious? It's like you, you have to make that judgment call for yourself, but I think At a point, you know, you're sacrificing too much here and now all in the name of what comes in the future. Yeah. You know, and you do have to sacrifice some of what happens now. Otherwise, like everything is bad and awful forever. But sometimes people are going to stay up late. And I don't know. I'm personally going to be there hanging out with them. Now, if it really destroys your sleep, like if you're completely, I don't know, like everyone has a different sleep schedule and sleep tendencies and like it affects them differently. If it is destroying you, then maybe you got to make that sacrifice and go to bed a little earlier. it's too often,
1: or like I wouldn't do it before an exam day or something. Yeah, definitely not. But,
0: But, you know, I generally try to eat well, I exercise and I generally try to sleep well, but sometimes I'll stay up late and I can usually recover pretty well. Maybe I won't be like 100% on point the next day, but it doesn't destroy me. Yeah. So that's good enough for me.
1: Yeah. So actually, in addition to this, to be prepared for this question, I went back and I listened to the episode with Dr. Bruce, Sleep oh, yeah. Doctor, and uh, I would just like to say on behalf of Dr. Michael Bruce that this is basically it. Your schedule is more important for your brain than actually getting the certain amount of sleep over over the long term. And as long as it's within a half hour, he says, of the same time, that's pretty good. But okay. he also specifies don't necessarily try to go to bed super early the next night to make it up because you don't yes. make up you do not make up sleep one to one your schedule is more important yeah like and when actually your brain knows to wake up and go to sleep
0: I recently emailed him another question because I did that sleep video on my channel and somebody asked hey what happens if I have to stay up till like 4 a.m. working on a project should I you know get like two hours of sleep. And then should I go to bed like early the next night or go to bed at the same time? Or should I just stay up the entire night? And so I emailed him and he's like, well, number one, I can't give out medical advice over the internet. So this is like, I'm not a doctor, blah, blah, blah thing. He is yeah. a doctor. Yeah, but put all the disclaimers <laughs> on Disclaimers, there. blah, blah, blah. But he's like, uh, basically you should get a couple hours of sleep, but get up at your normal time. Don't sleep in and then just go to bed at your normal time the next night to get back on the schedule. Yeah. And don't operate any heavy machinery <laughs> on yeah. that day you're totally sleep deprived yeah. it's about the,
1: the schedule is what teaches your brain when to wake up and go to sleep so if you're gonna yeah. screw up your schedule for a couple nights a week because you're partying that's fine don't do it every night though and don't do it before big exams or something it's gonna pay you back
0: yeah i found at least personally it is multiple nights of getting bad sleep yeah, like that starts RL. to take its toll on me but i can if it's one night i can deal with it yeah you know obviously again not optimal but it's not enough of like a, a, a schedule destroyer or an energy destroyer, whatever you want to call it, that I'm willing to or you yeah. know, I want to sacrifice it. Just so. like
1: don't don't all the time abandon your friends just to be productive. That's not a really fun way to spend college anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right. Last question. So. It's going to be my first time moving in with more than two people in a household, and I just wanted to ask you guys for some tips or tricks to stay happy, clean, and focused during the school year. Are there any apps you suggest for transferring money while paying rent or buying groceries? How do we cook together? Or, uh, you know, what what kind of systems do you use that sustain four people in an apartment living in harmony and not killing each other? I paraphrase that last part, but... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had a few tips here. I think the first thing is, like, It's all about setting expectations up front because people hate having their expectations violated. So you have to have conversations up front of like, who's going to pay for what? What kind of split are we going to have? What are like the cleaning and keeping things organized, obligations? Are we going to have a chore schedule? That kind of stuff. Like talk about that up front. And I have to tell myself this quite often. Don't go all type A on everyone and being like, all right, we're going to have a chore schedule. And Jake, you're going to, scrub the toilets and I'm going to um I don't know pick up this piece of lint off the floor. That seems fair. Yeah. Like you got to make it a discussion, make it a conversation and make sure everyone is like okay with
1: what their duties are. Yeah. If um, you set that yeah. expectation, it's it's going to be bad because I know that we've had a couple of times where what does clean really mean? And then yeah. everybody's everybody's backup is like, "Well, that's how I always did it growing up. That's how mom did it." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what everybody's going to say. That is nobody's going to win. That's clearly subjective. You just need to have a discussion and say for this group, what does clean mean?
0: Yeah. And you might have to, you might have to budge from what you want a little bit. Like we've got one roommate who his preference would be for everyone to literally wash their dishes and put them away as they're cooking and have the entire kitchen, like spotlessly clean before they start eating their dinner. And I'm more like, why would I want to let my food get cold just to wash some dishes, I'm going to go wash them afterwards. But then like you get into some situations where like, all right, maybe somebody needs to cook right after you. So maybe I need to make an exception in this case and at least wash the pans so they can start to make food right after I'm done instead of having to wait for me to eat. So there's like all these conversations you have to have. And I think you always have to keep in mind whenever a problem arises, whether it's somebody who's making too many messes or somebody who hasn't paid their rent on time or whatever it is approach the problems you have from like a collaborative, like let's find a solution together mindset and standpoint, instead of blaming and pointing fingers. Because the moment you blame and point a finger at somebody, they're gonna get defensive, they're going to be less likely to be able to see the actual error of their ways, and they're only going to point out the last time you did something. So like tit for tat equivalency kind of thing.
1: Yeah. You can't just be like, hey, I'm not getting my personal perfect living situation because of you. That's it. Because, you know, they're probably not getting theirs either. You're probably all compromising on something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they want to live in a dirty house, that's their freedom. Mm -hmm. You're compromising their life by forcing them to clean things. Yeah, Like you got to find an even ground. So say you get a power bill one month and it's like higher than normal. And
0: you notice you have one roommate who leaves lights on a lot. So you could go up and be like, yo, you're leaving lights on all the time and rooms you're not in and our power bill is higher, you're costing us money. They're going to get defensive and they're going to say, yeah, well, you leave your computer on when you're out of your room and you go to school. You don't shut it down and you even leave it on at night. That's using power too. So instead, you want to have the conversation of, hey, I noticed our power bill is higher than normal. What can we do to make it lower so we don't have to pay so much? And then maybe you can ask yourself what could I do hmm I leave my computer on at night, so I think I could probably shut my computer off at night I noticed some lights have been left on can we make sure to also turn lights off as
1: well when we're leaving the rooms that kind of thing yeah and don't say who did it yeah you got to give them an opportunity to save face and then they'll be like oh yeah that that might have been me I'll Mm -hmm. I'll work on it it's a lot better than if you say and you've been leaving lights on and they're just gonna hate you they need an opportunity to save face and feel like it was their fault they're fessing up
0: themselves and if you ever need to actually confront somebody and say you live in like a group of four people, never confront one person with the other ones there because people don't like to be they're called out on stuff they're on. doing when there's a bunch of people around. Like you should always offer criticism in private and, and praise in public. And I think this is something you should do if you're like employing somebody or if you're working with somebody like this is just good group dynamics. Always give the person the opportunity to save face and never have them be attacked and feel like they're being attacked when there's a bunch of people around.
1: Yeah. As soon as it becomes more emotion anyway, they're not going to be logical enough to make a good fix. They're just going to be upset and that's not going to help anything.
0: Absolutely. So um, a few other things I had on here, encourage communication up front. Um, Like I've lived with roommates who get annoyed with the things that I have done in the past, but they never said anything. So like I didn't know I was doing them. Or maybe another roommate was doing something, and I'm the person in the group who's usually okay with confronting someone about something, but maybe I don't know if something's going on. So like, communication has to happen before, like, a fight happens. Like, it's either gonna build up or it's gonna be like the steam's gonna be released gradually, and you want to go for the steam being released gradually. Yeah. What else did I have? So these are some, some like more tactical things when it comes to splitting payments. Number one, and I think this this has been one of the best stress-avoiding tactics I ever adopted, and that is to not care about things being fair and square. Yeah, that's just like, life. I don't care. So what I do is I manage all the finances for our house. I pay the rent. I pay the power bill. I pay the trash. I pay the water bill. And I pay the internet. All the things. And... I also buy almost all of like the shared resources like dish detergent, uh, paper towels, all that kind of stuff. So I have an Excel spreadsheet where every single time a bill comes in, I enter how much it is, enter the due date, and I mark whether it's paid, so I basically keep on top of whether the bills are paid, and then I also mark whether or not my roommates have paid for that particular bill. At the end of the month, I send everyone a message on Facebook, and I'm like, all right, your guys' share of the rent and utilities is this, but I don't keep track of how much I spent in total on the paper towels and the dishwashing detergent and all that stuff. I just charge my roommates $5 a month. And I know that all the money that I spend on that stuff is more than $25
1: total, but I don't care. Yeah, if you're nickel and diming for everything, (laughs) people are just gonna be like, yeah, well, I don't use these as much as everyone else. Exactly. So so we should make this a really, really complicated thing where I pay 10% and they pay 30% and then you pay 40%. And now it's just a mess.
0: Yeah. So I I have found it counterintuitively good for my happiness to always get the short end of the stick just a little bit on money. And maybe I don't, maybe like from my perspective, it's different because I've never been like super broke. Like I had a job all throughout college. So I always had like enough money that I wasn't like super worried about expenses And maybe if you are like super down to the wire, you need to be more concerned about that $2 you spent on paper towels. But honestly, if you don't have to, don't be like a nickel and diming miser kind of person, you know, because like, I've noticed this at conferences as well. It is so much better when you get in a group of people, you go out for dinner, one person grabs the check for dinner, maybe that was like $100. And then you guys all go out to a bar and the next person they get the first round. Maybe that was only like 30 bucks or something. But at the end of the night, like, do you wanna be like, oh, well, I actually spent $70 more on that group check for dinner. So can you get me some money? Or do you just like wanna just let it be a wash and y'all had a good time. And now, like, those people are no longer thinking of you as the guy who came like asking for more money. They're just thinking of you as like the cool person who
1: grabbed the first dinner check. Yeah. And everyone is thinking of everyone share. like that, you know? Like it's about the, the thought behind it, not the dollar amount. Yeah. So uh,
0: I I have just known for a long time, like I'm always going to leave money on the table for something, but that's okay because money is just a tool. And what's more important than money is relationships and being happy and not being stressed.
1: Yeah. And it's really easy to end up not liking your friends if you do these things wrong. Like you'll find out you hate living with a friend. So yeah. if, if you can cut a little stress every once in a while for like, a, a dollar or two, a few extra dollars. It's probably better than screwing up a long-term friendship because of some laundry detergent.
0: Yeah. On that note, though, keep your word, too. Like, if if you need to borrow money for something or if you're like, hey, can I use these eggs in that you have because I'm out of eggs and I'll buy you some more, like, do those things. Like, there's nothing that makes me lose respect for somebody more than when they don't keep their word. Yeah. So do that. And like on the tactical note, if you're looking for apps, um, I think Venmo and PayPal are great for sending money to each other. There's no fees between friends. So we use PayPal for all of our rent stuff. And then there's an app on both iOS and Android called Splitwise. And we'll link to that in the show notes. And that is pretty good for actually keeping track of those things. But once again, don't don't get too granular with it. Let some bygones be bygones. That's what I say. Yeah, uh, And you can just use Excel or Google Sheets. That's what I use. But
1: split-wise is a little bit
0: more advanced and probably easier to use.
1: Yeah. You know, it's especially a good idea not to take it too seriously because if you start to, then somebody else in the group might be like, well, who said you were going to be in charge of it anyway? Maybe I can do this stuff. And then <laughs> that's no good. See, I'm a control freak. Yeah. So I don't think I could actually...
0: Deal so with room. anybody else in There's the, so much room in the apartment doing like
1: doing the bills too far.
0: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that, that's my personality, though. And I'm very happy that the rest of you guys are OK with having somebody else take care of the bills because I I physically need to see the check go in the mail. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just that kind of a person. So I don't know. Maybe if you have two type A's in your group, like you got to figure that fight out to figure out who wins. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Fight to the death. Yeah. Or to the to the I don't know, until someone gets tired. Yeah, fight probably to not the, to the death to because the slight fatigue and discomfort. Yeah, you want them to keep paying rent. That's probably a good idea.
1: <clears throat> or you can cash into the life insurance. Oh, yeah. Make, <laughs> make sure they have a life insurance policy that for some reason goes to you and not like a family member or something.
0: Well, yeah, there's like the gladiatorial combat term, the, yeah, the clause. Yeah, the clause. That's the word for it. Yeah. If you engage in a fight to the death and they say it's a fight to the death, then whoever wins gets Yeah, you gets keep the what money you kill. Yeah, it's like Riddick up in here. Yeah. Bam. (laughs) Nature's claws. That's what it's called. There we go. On that note, I think that wraps up this podcast episode. So hopefully you guys found all the stuff in this episode helpful. This is episode, what is it, 153? Yeah. Cool. So if you want to find the show notes, we got links to those apps we mentioned, a couple of the other things. Uh, They are over at cigpodcast.com slash 153. So check those out. You can also check out our resources page over at collegeinfogeek.com resources. There you'll find more app recommendations, some gear we used, some other things that make us more productive, help save money, help to help you get a career, all kinds of good stuff. So check those out if you want. And otherwise, we will see you in next week's episode. Stay cute.